Hey, Cheese Bosas. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Igby. And we are the Cheese Queens. Are you really never going to say it ever again? Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Oh my God. You'll have to stay tuned to find out. No one cares that's that how hard. Keep, that's how you keep them coming. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Gotta tease them a little bit. Anyway, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are the Chisme Queens. If you don't know Spanish or you're not from South Texas, Chisme means gossip. So we are here with all the Married at First Sight Chisme, the hot tea, all the hot takes on this season. We are covering season 14 today, episode 13. Unlucky 13? I was just about to say that. Get out of my brain. (laughs) It was a... It was... A hot mess, but also kind of boring. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there was just a lot of talking. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it was just, it was messy. All these couples are just messy. It's like, we already know these problems. Yeah. Uh, not a lot got resolved whatsoever. We've heard it all before. But anyway, before we get into that, let's, uh, let's do some cheese. You got any? I've got a few points. Hit me. Let's see. First things first, we can say a happy belated birthday to Steve. It looks like last week, was it Saturday? Yeah, Saturday night. Saturday. Our boy had a birthday. So just short of recording, we missed it. So <laughs> he's pushing up on the big four. Oh, this was 39. So Sure was. That's why he's in a rush to have that baby. <laughs> <laughs> looks like it was at like a, I don't know, Dave and Buster's or something obnoxious. Sounds about right. Uh, yes, yeah, some pictures surfaced online of Steve out with all the boys, including Chris. So yeah. they are still homies. The Boston boys, as he called them, they're still hanging tough like new kids on the block. <laughs> also from Boston. <laughs> Side note, I was listening to a podcast and the host was Donnie Wahlberg. And he says, and I'm Donnie Wahlberg. Yes, that one. From New Kids on the Block. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> it was really funny. About what? Oh, it's a true crime podcast about uh-huh. the Amityville horror murders. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> that's fun. Just how, that's just how I spend my day. <laughs> anyway, you know what was not pictured in Steve's pics that were surfacing? Any of the ladies. They're not invited. It's boys' night. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe it was a boys' night, or maybe none of them are still married. <laughs> we're just gonna hit the strip club after Dave and Buster, so leave the yeah, that's home. true. Did you see? I didn't even look at their hands. Were any of them wearing wedding rings still? I don't think I know. I made a point to look, but now I don't remember what I saw. I want to say nobody's hands were in the picture. In the picture, yeah. I only have the one of Mark, Steve, and Mike. Mike has his ring on and Steve and Mark are showing their non-ring hand. So right hand. Yeah. That one. Very curious. Indeed. Mystery not solved. Oh, well. But yeah, nonetheless, I assume they had a good time. Well, sure. More than I did Saturday night. Right. I don't even know what I did. Something lame probably. Edited this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Wild. Woo. <laughs> what else you got? Um, oh, yeah, I forgot I was talking. Huh? Imagine <laughs> that on the podcast. 
speaking of Steve, uh, if you haven't checked out stevenmoy.com or whatever it was, <laughs> it's been updated. Uh, now it includes that he is a cast member of this show. Uh, so I guess he's probably seen an uptick since the show has been on. Because the first thing people do when they find out your name is Google you. Mm-hmm. And now there's also um, the option for you to t- subscribe. I don't know what you're subscribing to. If there's a weekly Steve newsletter he sends out about oh, you should have totally subscribed. I don't want that spam in my inbox. <laughs> I already get too many emails. It's for research, Igby. I did start my spreadsheet about the. Um... <laughs> I started the spreadsheet about the success rate of the marriages. Wow. Um, still working on it. Still what working on it. I'll get back to y'all. <laughs> hey, this is important information. Research for, for me and my spreadsheets. Damn it. Amen. That's what you want to do with your free time. Not someone out. also someone also pointed out that's why it's not done, FYI. But someone also pointed out that um his website he took off that he's a wedding DJ. Apparently he was some sort of DJ. So he doesn't do that anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> Darn. Just in case you were to book him. Rats. Um, I know they were like flaming him online because they're like, okay, Mr. Tech, you have like a fucking pre-made Wix or like Squarespace <laughs> webpage. You couldn't use those uh, stellar coding skills that you have. Right. And I think it was just like basic HTML. Yeah. Like there's no pages mm-hmm. or anything. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So yeah. Subscribe uh, to Steve's newsletter see his hot tub adventures <laughs> might have to for the sake of this podcast and cheese me well, go for it <laughs> since we're the official podcast of amadi and woody's um vlog series it's time to let you know that there's a new episode available <laughs> that i did watch so you don't have to um she's starting to catch up more in time because the footage in this particular vlog was like from the end of february so before it was mm-hmm. more, it was stockpiled back from when she found out she was pregnant and hadn't uh, announced, announced it yet. It. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so she's still kind of having her woes. She says that she can feel the baby like kicking. That was my favorite part of being pregnant. Everything it. else sucked. <laughs> she said it's just like surreal and really yeah. strange, but that's happening. She also... Um, been going to physical therapy as of recent because she says she's been having a lot of pain in her back and her legs Mm. um she was saying her therapist was saying that it's probably because before she was pregnant she was super active like gym every other day all that and then because she got so like physically ill in the beginning she had to like cut it out altogether. that's exactly what happened to me i was running half marathons and then i got pregnant and I couldn't, it, my pregnancy was like way too difficult. I couldn't do it. And then um, I was getting leg pains to the point where um, they sent me to go get um, tested for like blood clots and stuff like that. Cause mm. they were worried about all that. Um, and then the solution was stretching and all that, but um, magnesium pills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was, that was what's up. But yeah, it, it's, it's tough. And especially that, that kind of pain is just the worst. Whoa. Not really. That's not the worst. You'll see. (laughs) 
I love it. She will. From, she will around the 38, 39 weeks. It's, it's terrible. 37. Yeah. It's just not great, but worth it. Mm-hmm. I take magnesium <laughs> for keto. You don't get enough of it. Oh, really? So you get sore legs too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She treated Woody to a daddy spa day. So she says he's been, you know, really busy at work and going through it. Um, he's been having like breakouts too. From stress. So she treated him to a facial. And then I think the next week she went and she got a facial. Oh, and she got a belly facial too, which I didn't know was a thing. Mm-hmm. Apparently the like um, the gel from the ultrasounds. Mm-hmm was breaking her out so she got oh, a, little, no. <laughs> a little treatment to try to get that together oh uh they went to a maxwell concert which i'm like why i guess i'm just not a 90s r&b person like i don't even listen to that and they're younger than me you know what i mean <laughs> like why are y'all going <laughs> thought it was strange <laughs> they also uh did mardi gras so they did the whole kit and caboodle parades all that stuff they went to the zulu wow. ball all that she was like it was fun to you know be able to get dressed up and go out and have a good time and dance and do all that but she's like man i'm tired <laughs> like the next day she's like i'm so yeah. tired but things seem to be going well so far so good so it was nice to see a little update we'll see in a I'm sure a couple of weeks what's going on nice that is that is fun to see yes, um, they're so cute i have to go she's back so, and watch seems that. so nice <laughs> Like a genuinely That's nice a, person. Yeah. Like someone you're gen- genuinely rooting for. Right. On the show and off camera. Right. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, the only other thing I saw was a little, we'll go into tinfoil hat territory. Ooh, love it. Always. So on Reddit, there was a discussion I saw that I thought was interesting and would like to hear your take. Okay. So someone was asking if Kinetic Connect, the production company that does the show, mm-hmm. would be subject to any legal ramifications for negligence with Lindsay. They were talking about how she's seen, like, you know, in this episode, she was talking about how she's sad all the time. So maybe she's in the depressive state. We've mm-hmm. seen that alcohol is not necessarily her friend. That mm-hmm. could be an issue. Which even though on this show, like, Every activity they have, they're drinking. Like yeah. every time the experts send them something, they send them a bottle of champagne or a bottle of yep. wine. Like every single time. Like I know that was a thing too when people were talking about Olajuwon being high. It's like okay, on the show where everybody drinks, you can't fault him for not <laughs> being high. <laughs> like everybody's got their vice. That too yeah. was a theory that him and Lindsay are smokers, and that's when they're talking on the roof, they're really smoking. Ah. Uh. Which is interesting because then she's a nurse. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. But they were saying, like, if something were to go wrong, would the production be liable for that? And why would they cast somebody like that? Right, right. I would think to cover their asses, there would be, in within the questionnaire, what medications are you on? Mm-hmm. Now, if Lindsay does not say that she is clinically depressed and she is on antidepressants, then they're no, I wouldn't say they're liable because she's already, and she's also signed, signed contracts mm-hmm. willingly. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would think they would not be at fault. But in this episode, 
because like right all um psychiatrists teachers all that stuff are are the people who have to report things right Mm -hmm. so i would think that after this episode they would have to follow up with that Mm. because that is a clinical Mm -hmm. necessity because if she is sad all the time and, and and we've seen her we've seen her go off like crazy deep in yeah. Who's to say she don't jump off the roof? You know, something absolutely bonkers. Yeah, right. like it's if they haven't intervened after this episode where she has stated that she is depressed every single day, then I think they would be liable. Before this episode, no, because she was saying she hasn't said those specific mm-hmm. words. She hasn't said, well, and, well, we don't know. We don't know what her questionnaire has said. If she's on some sort of medication or, or whatnot. Yeah. But on the other hand, they also know all her trauma. They've had to get into it. Because we saw with uh, this episode how Pastor Cow was going into Mark's trauma. Because he already knew. He already knew. So they go in super deep. So they had to have an idea. Um, but again, Lindsay, she, I don't know, she, she puts on a happy face. So I'm assuming during all her pre-interview stuff, she was real positive and outgoing and masking. Yeah, masking Mm -hmm. everything. Yep. So I think before this episode, no. After this episode, yes. Definitely. Interesting. What do you think? Yeah, I think there has to be some kind of ironclad. There's no way. No way, right? They would never put... The, the channel, the the owner of the this conglomerate of, yeah. of networks, they wouldn't do it. Yeah, but yeah, I'm like the clip from next week where they make it seem like she's gonna jump out of a moving car <laughs> and end up in a hospital. <laughs> right? She's, she's like in a doctor's office with an IV bag. It's like what the heck? Probably got alcohol poisoning. <laughs> That's why she has an IV bag going. It's like these editors, man, really. But that was a pretty good shot. It was pretty, pretty good. <laughs> I can't wait to see what actually happened. You know what? If I was Lindsay, I'd be so scared about losing my job. She just looks bonkers all the time. This is true. This is I true. could see her being a great nurse because mm-hmm. you want someone with that kind of positivity. Because she fakes it all, a lot, right? Yeah. Like that fake positivity that she always has those uh, euphemisms and sayings and stuff like that. And you know, I could see that being uh, really great in a nurse, but the flip side is uh, <laughs> nobody wants uh, to hear all those sayings and with not only all the sayings and cliches, but then uh, followed up by jabs and hurtful remarks and stuff like that. So she just like looks like an asshole all the time. <laughs> not a good look professionally. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't know. A lot of times I people don't think that far ahead when they're doing this stuff right they just think oh it's gonna be a why why would you think this is gonna be a perfect match have you not seen the last three four seasons it's gonna be terrible you're gonna be the villain (laughs) but yeah people think they're gonna find the love of their lives well that's on all these reality shows like plenty of a cast member has lost their job after appearing on one show or the other and showing their ass Mm-hmm. it's like oh we do not want to be associated with you <laughs> right did you see that what's that uh guy ben from 90 day Mm-hmm. or was it before before the 90 day right yeah he definitely. was the pastor yeah oh man he's so gross that's what happens when you go on tv and try to marry a 21 year old when you're 50 Mm-hmm. well technically he lost his job 
because he was drunk driving. He had a DWI, which that wasn't the point. He got arrested for not showing up to court. <laughs> I was like, no one would have known about this if you showed up. <laughs> like, he's a mess. And apparently it was like a bunch in taxes, too. That was another thing that came out. He's just mm-hmm. shady all around. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's not the show we're here to talk about. Oh, that, no, no, that's true. <laughs> just saying, it can happen. You can very yeah. easily get fired. This can really affect your actual real life. Yeah. In more ways than one. You can gain a wife and lose a job. <laughs> if, you're, <laughs> if you're applying for Nashville, you know, just really, really think it over. <laughs> for sure. That's all I got, though. Okay. Um, I got a couple of tidbits here. Give it to me. The first is, okay, everybody's really taking, is Steve rich or is he not? Very seriously. Too seriously. Way (laughs) too seriously. Yo, it's just for fun. It's not not our money. We don't care. (laughs) Yeah, Steve doesn't write me any checks. Mm-mm. And I'm not contributing to his lifestyle by subscribing to his website <laughs> and getting his spam emails with ads. Well, with this, all this, uh, you know, all these things are popping up, right? And one that is included is a, it looks like a business person profile in a local, maybe, maybe local newspaper. I don't know. There's no date. Um, there's a half title of the newspaper. I haven't really Googled that, so I'm not sure what it is, but it's a profile of Steve and what he's doing. And so it's called developer Stephen Moy and the age is 31. So he just turned 39. So eight years ago. And it says that he has developed two apps. One is jib, which I'm not familiar with. There was a lot of jib things online. So I didn't know which one it was. Do you know it what it is? It sounds stupid. It sounds, it's like a text messaging app, but it like mm-hmm. lets you, customize the text with like colors and fonts and stuff oh okay basic yeah Yeah. okay and the other one is new light which was it's a very you know specific name so only one thing popped up and it looks like a pretty legit app and it's for behavior and education data tracking school and home data tracking for behavioralist teachers and parents so it looks super legit, and I'm wondering if he sold this, and that's where his money is. That's what I'm wondering, because it looks oh, like a pretty pretty good app. Is it better than Zach's app? What was that? Friends? Yes. Friends. I don't even remember what it was, but yes. <laughs> Friend something. Yeah. Friend freaker, because that was the point of it. <laughs> <laughs> to hook up with your friends. Friends. Anyway... <laughs> So, yeah, but New Light, it tracks because I remember when uh, Noi and Steve were going back and forth about, we don't know if we're going to do three kids. And he was like, what if we have one with special needs? I've worked with special needs kids before. I think it was during this app process because it is for behavioral tracking. So that kind of tracks with his whole storyline, which is which is interesting, I thought. Steve Millionaire. And then somebody else brought up an article from 2014 and underlined that he was just a staff writer. And one of the lines he wrote was, trust me, I could use the money. (laughs) And I was like, okay. 
So I just thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> the only other thing I have is Olivia from Marionette First Sight New Orleans is going to host a true crime podcast called Check the Locks. I do love a true crime podcast, as I just stated, so I probably will check that one out. Yes. I know you don't like the true crime. I only listen to important podcasts about important subjects. Like grocery shopping? Yes. <laughs> Shout out to groceries. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have. Do you know I paid to listen to that? Shut your face. You subscribe. You pay subscription for that. <laughs> I have Stitcher Premium, and that is okay. one of the programs I listen to. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, good good for you. Thanks. If you have any cheese mail, feel free to send it to us via DM on Instagram. We are the Cheese McQueens Podcast. And on Twitter, we are Cheese McQueens. On Wednesdays, Igby does live tweet, so go ahead and join her there for the conversations during uh, Wednesday's episode. It's always yep. a good time. It sure is. We party over there. Yup. All right, so that's enough of chisme. Let's get into the episode. Married at First Sight, Season 14, Episode 13. Igby, do you have a title? Popping the Questions. Get it? Like, popping the question? Got it. Uh-huh. <laughs> funny right i wonder if i guess it is just like one person writing the descriptions and the titles that's like their only job i'm sure it's probably not their only job but <laughs> or maybe oh that would suck if you had to do that for like every show on lifetime yeah that's what i mean that probably is someone's only job uh, i don't know Ugh, that would suck <laughs> <laughs> i hate doing it for the podcast i know same <laughs> it's hard <laughs> It is. It really is. I guess, okay, so I guess we shouldn't rag on them too much. <laughs> All right, let's just jump right into it. Let's start with Mark and Lindsay, because it was just like a real sad, sad and terrible storyline this episode. So we start off with a diagram. Mark says it's been a difficult week. They're still trying to communicate in a healthy way. And then he just kind of drifts off, like just... He doesn't even finish his sentence because he's just so freaking depressed. He has a very, very sad Mark face. So we start off right off the bat, though. Mark and Lindsay are fighting. Lindsay says Mark isn't consistent. Mark says Lindsay doesn't know how to communicate in a healthy manner. They're still fighting from the night before. And this has bled into the morning. And they just can't get past it. Lindsay is crying at some point during this argument, which we never see her cry. Mm-mm. Really. And... Mark says that they are just communicating in totally different ways, which I've said, and they're just not getting through to each other. He says that they start to yell and that triggers something in both of them. At this point, he promises to try his best not to go negative, to stay calm and try and keep them on track to communicate in a positive manner. Lindsay interrupts him right off the bat and she says, Tell me, tell me when you've been positive. Where's the positivity? You're always negative. You don't show up. She wanted somebody consistent. And she just like starts ragging on him right off the bat when he's trying to kind of steer them back to a, a normal, peaceful conversation. But she's not having it. At one point, she even asks if she if he wants her to go and asks him over and over, do you want me to go? Do you want me to go? Do you want me to go? And he's like, if you want to, like, this is not, I'm not holding you hostage, right? Like, he he just looks so defeated. There was going to be no correct answer. 
Yeah, yeah, there really isn't. Like, either way, you're screwed. Exactly. So do what you want to do. Yeah, definitely. And this is like Mark, you can see Mark just kind of giving up at this point. He doesn't really give up, usually. He he usually just like always comes back, always with the positivity. But he's like, sorry, sorry you didn't get the husband you wanted. He's He says that he's dealing with somebody who is difficult for him and she's dealing with someone who's difficult for her. He points out that she always says she's done, she's done, she's done. But in the reality, he has never packed a bag. He has never left her. So, you know, what does she want? And at this point, she's she's done again. And she says that he doesn't care. He doesn't respect her. He doesn't value her. And then she walks out yet again. So, but I think during this conversation, he, he does say that she always says she's done and she's leaving and she never really... Mm -hmm. goes anywhere so mm -hmm. but yeah it's just awkward and it's a mess and it doesn't seem like anything got resolved at that point nope as usual as usual so next time we see mark it's another uh, diary cam he's getting ready to sit with pastor cow he says he's like super super emotionally drained and his biggest fear is that nothing's going to change every day for the next three weeks He's hoping that Pastor Cal will say something that resonates with him so that he can pick which way to go, right? Either he res something resonates with him and he knows what he has to do and he's going to do it and they're going to say yes on the decision day, or he knows what everything is going wrong and he's going to say no. Because if he doesn't know what to do, he's just going to say no, which is a good, good strategy, I think, <laughs> <laughs> at this point. Yeah. So... Then he sits down with Pastor Cal, and right off the bat, Pastor Cal, you know, admits that Lindsay's rough around the edges, that she could work on her delivery, but that he really needs to find what the root cause is uh, for the things that they're doing to each other. Mark says that their arguments remind him of his parents, and Pastor Cal kind of like pokes at that further. He's like, she reminds you of your mom. The way you saw your mom argue and fuss with your dad, that triggers you. He then asks if he likes caring for him, his mom. And Mark says, yes, because she did everything for me. And Pastor Cal goes even further. And he's like, are you afraid of being like your dad? And Mark looks visibly shaken. He said he's never been asked that. He's getting a little misty. And at this point, Pastor Cal tells him and reaffirms to him that Lindsay is not your mother. She wants to know if you're in it. That's all she needs. She needs some security. And Mark says, well, he just wants to communicate better. That's, you know, and Mark has said that over and over and over again. All he wants is healthy communication. Mm -hmm. And it seems, Pastor Cal seems really dismissive at this point, in my opinion. He tells him that Mark's expectations are too high. And that since he has all these expectations of what a marriage should be, then he's going to screw it up. And he's never been in a healthy marriage. So how would he know? And, you know, so yeah, like, this yeah. is terrible <laughs> advice. <laughs> and again, Mark says, I just want this to be healthy. And Pastor Cal says, it can be. And that's how they that's the end of his session. And I was like, what kind of fucking session is this? We don't call them experts for nothing. Oh my gosh, this was terrible advice. Like, I feel like Mark should have been reassured that he's not crazy. Yeah. Lindsay is acting crazy. Like, she is not a, a nice, she's not, 
she's not a good partner to him and he wants some assurance. But no, I think the experts at this point are yet again trying to cover their ass. That's their job. So terrible. That was terrible advice from Pastor Cal. And I usually like Pastor Cal sometimes, but um, usually usually sometimes. sometimes. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying, like, sometimes I really do agree with the things he says, but sometimes it's just really off the mark. That one's really, really off. I don't, and you can see uh, Mark at the end of the segment, like super confused, like, wow, thanks. <laughs> like when he's back in the car. Yeah. 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 Um, and then we cut to Lindsay. She's meeting with Dr. Pepper. Uh, Lindsay, you know, off the bat, she compliments Mark. She says that he's a genuine guy. He has good intentions, but he's not consistent. She said that she was going to go into this loving him freely day one. And when he loses her love, he loses it forever. Dr. Pepper says that she shouldn't be forecasting stuff like that. It's just setting her up for failure. And when she does that, Mark is just going to be defensive instead of being present, which is pretty accurate. Lindsay says that Mark pours into everybody else's cup except for himself, which affects her because then there's nothing left. And Dr. Pepper Again, says, you know what? That's a criticism. Tell him how you make how that makes you feel and ask questions. And when you start doing that, you're going to get what you want. Anger is not great for marriage. And then this is what we were t- kind of touching on earlier, where she says that her anger is a mask for sadness. She is sad every day, all the time. There's a lot of bad in her life and there's always been a lot of bad in her life and it just stacks up on top of each other. She then mentions her mom and how her mom was always cutting her down when she was younger and still as an adult, she she tends to do it. Uh, And when she's mad, it just means she's incredibly sad. And uh, Dr. Pepper says that's not easy to deal with, but she needs to somehow get to a some positive footing, show kindness, ask questions towards Mark. And Lindsay says that Mark has changed a little bit. He says that now he cares for her, but since then she has shifted. So now she's really in this area of, of insecurity and she's unsure of how she's feeling for Mark. And Dr. Pepper says, don't shut it down so quickly. Reassure him because that's what he needs. And then she goes into these uh, questions, right, to ask Mark. Mm -hmm. She wants Lindsay to ask what he thinks love is now. How can he define what an emotional connection is? And can he walk away from a disagreement before it gets heated? So those are the three questions. I don't know if they got into all three. I don't think they did. But um, Mark and Lindsay get together after the expert meetings. They're eating some sort of chicken. Mark looks... Like, he does not trust this chicken. <laughs> doesn't know what it is. Doesn't know first, what's on it. She was acting it, weird in the first place. Yes, she was. And wouldn't tell him anything about the chicken. <laughs> and I was like, this is strange. They're going to eat one piece of chicken by itself for dinner. <laughs> I think she was old. No, I think she was giving him, like, a taste to see if he liked it. I don't think that's all she was serving him. I think that's all she was saying. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Mark tells Lindsay that Pastor Cal made him see things that were coming to the surface for him that he didn't realize. 
that he's like his dad and he is comparing his mom to Lindsay. And it really struck a chord. At this point, he starts crying. And this makes Lindsay's heart swell a little bit. She wants to comfort him. She does want to um, not see him so hurt. And he says it's just been an emotional day with all their questions. So Mark asks why she gets upset and why she automatically goes to a place of hurt. Her yelling triggers his childhood trauma. And Lindsay says that when someone dismisses her, when she feels, she keeps saying invalued. Is that a word? No. Okay, because I keep typing it in my notes and it keeps getting the bread squiggle. And I was like, I knew that wasn't a word. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) she keeps saying that. That's wrong. Um, So she doesn't feel valued. And she's hurt. And because of that, her natural thing is to react and match his kind of aggression and wanting to really dig at him. So that's her initial reaction, which really, you know, takes the relationship sideways a lot of the time. Mark thinks they each need to equally work on things. If they can communicate, they can do everything else. She asks him what love means to him. He says when someone loves him for who he is and not try to change him, when his mom and grandma go, he wants the person he's with to not be his mother figure, but have that motherly protection for him. He knows that Lindsay wants to do that, but he wants her to know that if he didn't see the good in her, he wouldn't be there right now. And yeah. It closes off their segment with an ITM where Lindsay says that Mark answered her questions to the best of his ability and she feels excited and she feels hopeful. I don't know, bro. Until next week where she's jumping out of the fucking car. (laughs) And she's done once again. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) Uh-huh. And in the hospital, Gertie. They done went to Vermont and she lost her mind. (laughs) Again again uh again yeah they're not you know i don't know what these experts are drinking but they are not going to resolve their communication issues in three weeks it's just not going to happen that's crazy they are not going to first of all not even their communication issues their own personal traumas yeah everybody we need to (laughs) all get on like zoc doc and find a therapist because Y'all need it separately and together. <laughs> yes, definitely. Bad. A lot. Like, a lot. You know, and after going over this, you brought, you brought up earlier whether they're liable or not. Yes, they are liable. That's, I'm not even going to go back and forth. They are liable because they are aware of their childhood trauma. They only intervene um, once. Is this their... F- twice. Twice in... Uh, six weeks Mm -hmm. you know when they obviously needed more intervention throughout everything else yeah I definitely think they're liable well there you go there you go hopefully she doesn't hurt anybody I know (laughs) or herself another hurricane Mm -mm. all right let's go to our hot button of chisme this uh, it seemed like all our chisme was about steve this time around it's so <laughs> let's popular. just get into let's get into steve and stank fo- face noi mm. she had stank face the whole time 
yeah, yeah. She's not looking good. Her edit is getting worse and worse. It really is. The it second really, really half, is. She's the villain the second half of the season because <laughs> she is not looking cute anymore. No. So we start out with them. They're going to meet the experts. Noi is going to be talking to Pastor Cal and Steve is going to be meeting with Dr. Pepper. So Pastor Cal and Noi are meeting by the water. He says he wants to start with talking about a challenge that they've had, which is their conflict about social media posting. Pastor Cal says that he's going to give her some advice. He says that although social media can be beneficial, it can also cause a world of hurt in a marriage, especially if you're not communicating about what you're going to be posting. He's seen couples that have been doing great and have great trajectory. And then one little thing happens and that screws them up. And then it just ends. They throw everything away from just that one moment. And he doesn't want this to happen for them. Uh, in their relationship. So then it cuts to Steve with Dr. Pepper. Uh, Steve starts off talking about his issues with the social media stuff. He says he goes online and he sees a story about how he's not enough for her, like she's unhappy in the marriage. At this point, he tells Dr. Pepper that he made it clear to Noi that she he didn't want their relationship stuff being posted online. And then again, more recently, she posted another similar post, and that's the one that we were talking about in the last episode, mm-hmm. where it was saying, like, the moment you start to feel like you deserve better, you do. Steve says that for him, he didn't even know where this was coming from, and that's what makes him feel really uneasy. And we've kind of seen this before, where she gets mad and, like, he has no idea yeah, what happened or why or anything, because she never says anything. Um, she never says anything. Mm-mm. So on top of her not expressing that she has an issue with him personally and putting it online, she's also violating a boundary that he said with her in terms of like airing out their relationship problems. Dr. Mm-hmm. Pepper says that she 100% agrees that you shouldn't be putting your personal business on social media ever. That's inside this experiment or not, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, she feels like noise actions are very fear-based for someone to run to social media and air out their problems as opposed to resolving them with the person that they have the problem with is fear-based action, you know? And we always talk about, you know, how people get real wild and crazy and real tough behind the keyboard, but would Mm -hmm. absolutely never say any of that to your face. Yep. And that's what we're seeing here. Dr. Pepper thinks that Noi should be able to get with Steve and talk to him and work it out with him. So maybe they need to figure out a way to make her less afraid, which I don't even know what that's about. Like Steve is so non-threatening and like seems totally level-headed. I don't know why she would be afraid to talk to him. Right. And then also just their basic questions sometimes, like even just last episode, why, why don't you want to move in instead of saying, you know, my past relationship, I moved everything in and was all in. And then we broke up and I had to start my life all over. That's all she had to say. It's not offensive. It's, it's, it makes sense. Like, he would be completely understanding of that. Yeah. No, instead she's like, I just don't want to. I Mm -hmm. don't want to. Yeah. She's just a kid about it, man. Yeah. She's a big baby. She really is. But then Pastor Cal wants to know what her and Steve need to talk about 
despite how he might react. And of course she says finances. So then Pastor Cal asked her what exactly she would need to know. Um, And she says, can he get a job? How is he going to provide for our children? Can he hold down a steady nine to five? Then Pastor Cal asks her if she feels like the marriage is in danger because that's what he's getting from her. Uh, She says, well, yeah, she's kind of fearful. Then Pastor Cal explains to her that since this is a need for her, not a want, that she needs to make it clear to Steve and make sure that he understands that she needs to feel security in the area of finance. Uh, She also reveals to Pastor Cal that they have not had this conversation before. And Pastor Cal is like, why not? You definitely should be having this conversation. You should have been had this conversation. If this is a hard line, you need to talk about it, period. I was going to say, again, like, they're married. Show me your bank account. That's it. You're married. (laughs) You don't have to share it. You can have a joint account, which they go into later, but, like, show me your money. (laughs) That's all. And then she can get off his ass. Jeez. Exactly. Pastor Cal says that this is part of how she needs to be loved. Uh, They, It's one thing to talk about loving someone, but it's something else to talk about loving someone the way they need to be loved. And, you know, how she needs this sense of security, especially financially due to her past and her upbringing and how that's part of how she needs to be loved and that she shouldn't discount that at all. So we go back to Steve and Dr. Pepper and they're talking about the same issue that Steve hasn't taken on a job. And what is he doing to make sure that he feels like an economic partner in the relationship? Because Noi needs that stability in her partner. Dr. Pepper says that he should be asking things like, or doing things like, okay, this is the plan I want with you. Is that okay? This is what the product of that plan is going to be. Is that work for you? Is that cool? Like, these are the first questions he needs to put out there. The second thing is they need to work on working out their problems between the two of them alone and not going to outside people and friends and family and the internet and anybody else who will listen. (laughs) Steve says this all sounds great to him. He wants to create an environment where Noi can trust him and where she feels safe. Hopefully, once they do that, then they, they'll be more equipped to handle situations going forward. But Steve also fears that it could be just downhill from here. Like, it's things are bad. <laughs> or <laughs> yeah, not, not that sure great. Yeah. <laughs> but what if it just keeps getting worse? Yeah. He says that it doesn't fit the vision of what was supposed to be happening in the experiment and it makes him feel uncomfortable. He says that it's like he's being looked at as a machine to facilitate somebody else's desires instead of them working together and collaborating on a future for the both of them together as a unit. He's so articulate at this moment. I was surprised that he said it. Yeah. Out loud. Yeah. But also super impressed that he he knows what he wants. He knows what to ask. But when it comes down to it, though, we'll see. It just doesn't seem like anything go- happens after this. But mm-hmm. I was really impressed with, with that, like, epiphany he, he came to. Mm-hmm. Dr. Pepper goes back to the fact that she thinks that Noi is just scared and that if they could calm her fears down, that would make her more of a partner and a companion for Steve. So that's kind of it with the expert visits. They come back together after meeting with the experts at the apartment and they're debriefing each other on how it went. Steve goes into the whole social media thing and how 
it's upsetting to him. Noi asks him what post is the one that's making him upset and he tells her and he wants to know why it's so important to announce to the world that they're in distress or having problems. And Noi says that she understands how he could feel that way, but the post wasn't directed at him. And Steve isn't buying it. He says that even if it's not about him, that other people are going to be seeing it and they're going to make an assumption, just like he is, that it's about mm -hmm. him. And she tells him again, well, it's not about you. So if whatever. He's nicer than I would. I'd be like, okay, who is it about? Tell me the situation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he basically says that, well, no, she says that it wasn't about him, but she does feel like that sometimes <laughs> in their marriage. So it was about him. Yeah. And you know, at this point, Steve just sighs and says that this is really hurtful to him. She says that she talked to Pastor Cal about it and that basically... Pastor Cal saying the same thing as Steve. Noi says that she understands, but at the same time, it's her social media and it's her choice. So she can post whatever she wants because it's her page and you can be mad about it. It's like, oh, I thought I was in the marriage with an adult person. <laughs> mm -mm. No, 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 no. She says that she's her own person and she can make her own decisions. She sees their perspectives and respects that. But at the end of the day, she's going to do what she wants. And Steve asks her, okay, but do you respect it though? Because I'm clearly asking you not to do this and you're doing it anyway. So how is that being respectful of me? Yeah. It's not. And he says he's not comfortable walking away from the conversation thinking that it's not going to happen again because she's mm -hmm. telling him she's going to do what she wants. <laughs> So he again reiterates that this is absolutely something he does not want in his relationship. And he doesn't know at this point what else he needs to say or do to make her understand that this is not cool with him at all. Don't be putting my business on the internet, bro. <laughs> he even says it goes against everything he believes. I was like, that's okay. He's serious. Yeah, he's serious, serious. But Noi says, well, they just have to agree to disagree. And Steve tells her, reiterates to her again, like, you're telling the world that I'm not good enough for you. And that doesn't make me feel like we're on the same page or on the same team. And then he wants to know, well, okay, if I'm not good enough for you, then what more do you deserve? What is it? What <laughs> do you need? What can I do? What can anybody do? Mm -hmm. Which of course she doesn't have an answer for. Nope. She says that she talked to Pastor Cal about this too, kind of. She needs a partner who can show her that they are financially secure. Then she goes into how she didn't have money growing up and how she's had to work really hard for everything that she has. And that that kind of work ethic has been ingrained in her. She's a person that knows what she wants and gets it usually. She's not a complacent person. And she says it's hard for her because she does love Steve, but at the same time, he's just so chill about the finance thing that is very unnerving to her. She asks him how he's going to make her feel financially secure. And Steve says they need to have the damn conversation already. So here we are talking about talking. Just do it already. So annoying. He says that he wants them to sit down, make a plan, lay out all their options and figure out what's going to work best for both of them. He asked her if they do that, is that going to be enough for her to feel like she's getting enough from him and for her to go move forward, you know, trust and believe in her husband. And she says it's going to take time. She says she has to see what his plan is before she can feel secure. So I guess the next day they sit down to finally have this stupid talk. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> right. Cause I was like, wait, you still didn't. Nothing has been resolved. <laughs> Nothing. 
So yeah, they're going to sit down, crack open the books and talk about the future and finances and all that stuff. So we think we're going to find out about his finances. He opens up his laptop like he's about to do something. But basically, he just has like a Word document open and they're going to like talk about the future and I guess make a roadmap or something. But no, I need him to go to like bankofamerica.com, chase.net, Wells Fargo, somebody and put in that login and uh, the last four digits of your social security number and pull up an account. Show me the money. Exactly. But no, we just get a Word document. Noy says that she's very nervous to have this conversation because, again, it's unnerving for her to think that her partner doesn't have their financial situation in order. She wants to know that he's going to be able to help her pay the bills at the end of the day. So first things first, Steve says they're going to, well, he says as an overview, they're going to talk about their savings, division of tasks, finances, yada, yada. So they start talking about accounts. Uh, Noy thinks that they should both have their own individual accounts and then have a joint account for shared expenses. Fine. No problems there. Makes sense. Then they talk about the division of tasks. They decide that it's fair for them to divide the tasks 50-50 if they're both going to be working. And she's like, okay. But then Steve is like, he asks her if she needs him to be working full time in order for her to feel secure. She gives him a total side eye Mm -hmm. and tells him that she needs to see some kind of income. And he says, okay, Um, he asked her if he had a plan about what he was going to do. Would that make her feel better? And she says that would make her feel a lot better because right now he doesn't really have anything. He's just kind of playing it by ear. Yeah. He says, well, the first case scenario would be that he'd get a full-time position and then they'll both be working full-time. He's not opposed to working a full-time position, but it is very possible that that's not necessary he may be able to make the same or even more money than working a nine to five by pursuing other opportunities. We don't know what those are, but that's what he says. And she, he asked her, you know, if that's okay, would that be a problem? Um, Noy is not convinced at all. <laughs> Steve goes on and says that she's kind of hung up on the idea of working for someone, but in the past he's had more entrepreneurial ventures. So he doesn't necessarily want to be under the man forever just to get a W-2. Like if, if there's a bag, there's a bag. It doesn't matter how we get it. Yeah. But she's so focused on him. Like you need to go to an office. You need to wear slacks every day. Yeah. Yada, yada. Then Steve also brings up the point that it could be the other way around where she's the one that stays at home, you know, before they start, even though they want to start soon before they start having kids and all that stuff. And you, you, for sure have to go to work and for sure have responsibilities. Maybe she can take some time for herself and do, you know, whatever she wants to do while she has the chance and he go to work, which I was like, okay, I hear you. Yeah. Steve. But no, she's not happy. With she, 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 yeah. She looks at him like, are you crazy? <laughs> what do you mean not work? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then to be fair, I was like, I don't, I guess at least for me, I don't have that immigrant background. And she's clearly struggled. She's This is clearly affecting her. But if she really wanted the answers, she would ask the right questions, right? Like at the end of the day, she's still not adult enough to have a real conversation with her husband. Like I understand where she's coming from 100%, but do something about it. Jesus. Close mouth doesn't <laughs> get fed. Yeah. And then too, um, another point I saw online 
was that we talk all this about Steve being like a nomad and he just quit up and quit his job and did it. Didn't she do the same thing? Hasn't she been like hopping around the world the last few mm-hmm. years? Like you came to Boston on a whim. Unless yep. you have, do you have some kind of magical 100% remote forever work from anywhere job? I don't think so. <laughs> she might. I don't I know. Mean, a, re- a recruiter, you're just talking on the phone. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought I that was kind of odd that she's like hanging this up on him. And it's like, you did the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just that now, uh, is it now that you're married and now you're thinking family that it's like not an option anymore? I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know either. Through that head of hers. It's just like ping pong ball mm-hmm. bouncing around. Anyway, they start talking about finances, but not because he starts talking about kids. And he asks her as far as kids go what time frame is she thinking she says that even though she doesn't think they'll be ready for it necessarily she would love to have her first child before next year and i saw a screenshot i saw a screenshot of the computer and it says like baby september 2022 so <laughs> we'll see if by the end of the year steven noy are still together and if they're pregnant because they're shooting for September. <laughs> Steve even says it's going to be a busy month. Oh my gosh. Everybody pull out your ovulation calendars. Let's get it popping. This whole conversation is stupid because they have so many unresolved things. It's like, really? Oh, I really don't like you right now, but let's have a baby. Mm-hmm. Sounds like We're a not, great plan. I'm not going to move in with you after this, but we can have a baby. <laughs> Fuck. No. Get out of here. Yeah. Then it gets even more stupid because the last topic they talk about is uh, diapers. Steve has a real ick. His poop issues. Yeah. He's like, you don't even do the dog poo. Nope. He's like, I'm not trying to change any diapers. You know, maybe it'll be different once it's my own kid, but just the idea. No. And uh, he says that, well, he doesn't say no. He says 50, 50. Because he knows how Noi is. Yeah. If she can get away with not doing it, she's not going to do it. <laughs> Conveniently, she's going to be like, disappear. Yeah. She's, she's <laughs> one of those people where it's like, I'm just going to sneak off into the background so I don't have to clean up after this party or this. <laughs> I don't have to wash yeah. the dishes at dinner. I'm just going to get in the shower and just stay in there for a long time and then he'll do it. She's <laughs> one of those. I don't think I changed a diaper for like the first two weeks. Really? Because... I didn't know how to change a diaper. I've never done it before. So I was like, you do it again. I'll watch. I don't, I don't, you know, I was like so concerned about doing it wrong. <laughs> it was I don't so think terrible. There's too much you can mess up. I know. But I, it was just so, he was so tiny. I didn't know what I was doing. And then, of course, you know, I'm a pro now, but I, you know, I have a boy. So I got peed on at least like nine times. It was terrible. You were always getting peed on. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I text you every boy? time. Every time I text you, I just got beat on again. God damn it. <laughs> Good job, kid. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's talking about how he's not really into it. Noi says that she thinks it's going to be a bonding experience for him and the baby since Steve can't carry it in his womb that he doesn't have. <laughs> Steve says he has tons of other bonding techniques and he wouldn't want to take the joy of diaper changing away from her. Yeah. Yeah. 
and then uh, the next scene we see is before um, the group activity. Noi is sick, so she has to stay behind, but we'll pick up on that later. But that's mm -hmm. it for Steve and Noi. Yeah, in um, After Party, they're really the only takeaway from the Steve and Noi storyline is last After Party, we talked about how Noi needed us. Well, they uh, Keisha asked, what's a number that you would feel comfortable with Steve not working? And she said 40 grand. And so this time around, Keisha comes back with the follow-up questions, which I love because I didn't know if she was going to do it or not. And asked Steve, "Do you pretty much do you have forty G's in your bank account?" And he says, "That's fine. I have that. It sounds like he has more." He says, "That's so no problem." Good. Yeah, that's and no, Keisha's that's like, no "That's problem, what I need." That's no problem. Uh, I got you. And Keisha's like, "I knew it." <laughs> She's like, "I knew she was worrying over nothing." So that was the one takeaway um, from that. And uh, next time on, looks like. Noi is crying in the car. Do you agree? Mm -hmm, is that what she mm -hmm. thought? Yeah. And then he's asking if she even wants to be married or something like that. Yep. So that should be, I can't wait for next week. It's I know. Couples retreat. Always a blast. Good. Some action. Any uh, table flipping? I hope so. I don't know. There was that alpaca or llama. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I was like, please <laughs> lick Tina Fall. That would be so funny. <laughs> Poor Katina. She's got enough going on. I know. Ugh. All right. Before we get there, though, let's talk about Michael and Jasmina. It uh, starts off with diary, diary Cam again. Jasmina says she feels good about her marriage. They're in a good place. And they both have promised going forward to give 100% every single day. Her talk with Dr. Pepper will give her some perspective on things. And she wants to talk about what could could make her say no on decision day, which is interesting. That's an interesting way to phrase it. Like, what could make you say yes? That's also an option. <laughs> She's already in the no mindset. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, we also get hit with uh, Michael in ITM. He says that he has a lot to talk about with Pastor Cal. He wants to let him know that he's doing his best and there are still things about his marriage that scare him. So right off the bat, we go with Pastor Cal. Michael is telling him that their marriage has been a roller coaster, but they've made a lot of prog progress. But decision day is coming up. He says that he was doing things from an obligation standpoint, but now he's doing things for Jasmina because he wants to do them for her. Pastor Cal then talks about trust, vulnerability, safety, he brings up um, touch because Michael and Jasmina are not touching whatsoever and asks Mike point blank, what would happen if he reached out just to touch her? And Mike says he hasn't touched her because I guess in the past they were given each other like goodnight kisses. And he asked her about that. I, don't, I, I guess he noticed that they weren't real. I don't know. They had no feeling behind them. Yeah. <laughs> and she said that she was just doing them out of obligation because she thought that's what wives do. And so Mike said, okay, well, going forward, you don't have to do that. I only want you to kiss me if you want to kiss me. And Pastor Cal says, this is a dumb move. What? You want someone to kiss you if you do if they don't want to kiss you? That doesn't sound like a dumb move at all. 
No, because what, what happened is that like if they just keep doing it, then it'll like it'll like take after He's like ten times. Jet- yeah, is it Jedi <laughs> mind trick Jasmina into loving him? I don't think so. It sounds like putting her in an uncomfortable position on purpose. I I think Mike did the right thing. Like again, Pastor Cow off the mark here. Yeah. So gross. That's like a gross thing to suggest. Yeah, you can go ahead and continue kissing someone who doesn't want you to kiss them. Yeah, that sounds sounds like consent. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> Keep doing it. Ugh, that's an ick. It doesn't get better. Anyway. His advice just keeps, keeps <laughs> yes, on going. He then he's like, "Go ahead and just start touching her in a gentlemanly way, of course." And then he even makes the the hand signals for like honking. You know, <laughs> it's so terrible, terrible. Uh, every woman, you don't want to be grabbed. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, how was work? No, thanks. No, thank you. Mike's concern is that he's unsure if they have time for an emotional connection. Pastor Cal says that they're doing better because of their open dialogue, because of everything they went through, all the crap. And now he needs to just arise as the husband. What kind of machismo shit is that? Again, like the kind we love here on Married at First Sight. Not any advice I would recommend. You're not an expert. So, well, I know no one enough. cares what you said. I know enough not to touch people when they don't want to be touched. <laughs> That's stupid. You should just force yourself on people. Duh. Oh, oh, okay. I mean, Pastor Cal said it was fine. Exactly. He's a pastor. <laughs> He's a pastor. On top of that. I mean, <laughs> He's a pastor. Gross. Everybody watch out in church. Jesus. Um, <laughs> anyway, we, now we get to Jasmina with Dr. Pepper. She's like super excited. She's like, I can finally see an expert and tell him that I'm happy. <laughs> she looks great Pepper. too. She always looks stellar and she's stunning. I really like her. Um, people hate her online. Yeah. I don't know why. They say she's like an ice queen, an ice box. And I'm like, she seems friendly enough. Like. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, she. Uh, we all have our moments, but when they're like we say, when they're good, they're good. And mm-hmm. she seems funny and playful. I. I don't know. Yeah, I. I wouldn't. If someone was an ice box, um, they wouldn't be putting their boobies on you while you're cooking, right? Yeah, I'm thinking <laughs> Alyssa Icebox. Yes. Yeah, that's a better definition. But now we don't have her as a scapegoat, so. We have to uh, find another villain in the making. Mm. Dr. Pepper asks what questions she has for her husband before decision day to get better to get to know him. And Jasmina says his past is why the way he is and she wants to get to know him. But, you know, she they haven't had those deep conversations yet and she doesn't want to be married to a stranger. Dr. Pepper says that there there if there is a safe space then there's going to be trust. Jasmina says that her and Mike have totally different views on trust. For Mike, you have to earn his trust, and Jasmina usually gives it outright. And she will give it to you always until you give her a reason not to trust you. And then the conversation turns to 
sex. Uh, Jasmina says she is a sexual person, but she doesn't feel anything when Mike touches her. And Dr. Pepper says then during these conversations that they're having, maybe they need to initiate some body intimacy, like holding hands. Because when you're doing that, that's more than being friends. Because right now they're both being friendly. She says that some of the best marriages in the world have times when they're not physical. Jasmina needs to take hold of these moments they have and offer affection or comfort. If she withholds it, she'll never know if they can go all the way with their physical intimacy. And he won't know if she's willing to go there either. So, and that's, that's pretty solid advice, I think. So do you think she's just not into him? Yeah. Mm. I, I, um, yeah, I do. But also, well, I don't know, because it's, the edit is, is, is what they're wanting to show us, right? So yeah, we do know that during his romantic recreation of their wedding day, she kissed him, mm-hmm. but they didn't show it. So what else are they not showing? And the way they are around each other, even though they're saying they're not touching, they touch all the time. It seems to me. This is all very true. This is all you very know? true. So I don't, I don't know. So it's either she's trying and she still can't get there or she's mm-hmm. not attracted to him and she's trying and she can't she can't get there i don't know we will see how this plays out yeah and they're so cute together i hope i hope it works but i don't know after that jasmina and michael chat with each other Uh, jasmina asks what mike needs to trust her and he says that he needs her to be more vulnerable she'll be more vulnerable when he puts in more effort he asks where she's at with that and she said before she was holding she was purposely holding back And right now she's not holding back anymore. And she sees the changes in him. She sees his effort that he's putting in. And so she's trying to be more vulnerable. And at this point, Mike asks about their chemistry or lack thereof. And Jasmina says that she would say yes on decision day if they were not physical, but they had feelings for each other because she knows physical will follow. She says that she doesn't really know him and they haven't had deep raw conversations so it's hard for her to get to that feeling stage when when they haven't you know really got into the the roots of of each other michael says that those will come easier now because he genuinely likes her and wants to be around her and he's willing and wants to have those conversations with her now mike asks if there's enough time for them to build that bond and Jasmine's like, it just depends. It depends on every day, how much they're putting in, what they are doing, all their efforts. It just, it could be enough. And Mike says, we have to make it enough. And she says, yeah, but she's scared. It won't be, it won't be enough. And that's where their segment ends. Gotta make it enough. I know he wants it so bad. And that, I guess that speaks volumes too. Cause you can tell he wants it bad. And we can't really see that with her. Yeah. She's nice. Yeah. And she's funny. But a desire to stick yeah. together? I don't see that. It could all turn around. They're going to go to Vermont next weekend. And then... <laughs> oh, you know... Go on a romantic any... horseback ride. <laughs> yeah, in the... Um... Did we see any drama between them? I don't think we did. Did we? There was... There was the... 
lady, I don't know who she is, telling them who that they'll that regret. Lady? I don't know. Yeah. The Vermont like a- uh, Airbnb owner. I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Giving the them marriage advice. <laughs> <laughs> She's telling them that they'll regret if they don't stay married. And then there's another scene where Jasmina is crying, but we don't know why or for what. We just see her like wiping the tear away. So it could be something dramatic. It could be nothing. We don't know. It's all in the edit. She could be tears joy. We don't know. It could be Lindsay wailing on all of them for calling her an instigator or something. No, who's the most likely to start a fight? Yeah, yeah. She probably Guess probably what? just like went wailed on all of them and aired all their business or some shit like that. She doesn't give a <laughs> fuck what y'all think. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I hate, they play that game every season and every season it goes wrong because they ask the shady ass questions. I know. I can't believe they play this. It's like... They make them to start I know. I know. It's like, here, have some shots. Let's play this really wholesome game. Who's the biggest bitch out of everybody? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And then they all say one person. That person's like, hey. Hey, now. You're a bitch. Anyway, we'll Speaking see. of a little bitch, let's talk about Olajuwon uh, <laughs> and sweet Katina. Katina, baby girl. Just I know. Just like they say, blink two times. I know. Did you see that comment yes. on Instagram? It's <laughs> true, baby. She looked fucking wrecked in this episode. She really did. She looked rough. She didn't even make a. Did Did she say anything? Wait, now that I'm thinking about it, like, does she say anything the whole other half of the episode? Like, besides her expert? We don't hear her talk not once. That's because Mr. Big Mouth is too busy talking for everybody. Oh, my God. Does he need to say what he needs to say? Absolutely. Do you need to listen? Absolutely. (laughs) Do you have something to say? We don't care. (laughs) Fuck off. I hate him. (laughs) Ugh. His stupid face. I like it. See his stupid face. (sighs) Anyway, that receding hairline. Ugh, can't Mm. stand him. Anyway, so we're on day thirty-nine of marriage, and (laughs) Katina and Elajuan are going on their first trip to the grocery store. What the fuck have they been doing the last five weeks? Right? What? I didn't understand this whatsoever. And like, in the way, homeboy is like. Hype about food, hype about food, hype about cooking, all this stuff. This is the first time. And so worried about if she doesn't know what to get and da-da-da-da-da. This is the first time. Five weeks later, this is the first time y'all are going to the store. Okay. Sure. So, yeah. I mean, even the first thing that he says is that when they get in the store that he's asking her what she likes to eat. And, you know, he even says they don't eat the same things uh, in a voiceover. She says that this is their first time going shopping together, so they're going to get to see what each other prefers. They start off kind of playful, where Katina is asking Olajuwon if he wants to pick up some hot fudge, and he says, well, it depends on what you're trying to do with that hot fudge. <laughs> Whatever. He's such a... I don't believe him at all. He's all talk. All yep. talk, because if she really tried to lay it on him, he'd, he'd be like, oh, no, I can't. Not before marriage. Not before decision day. Yeah. But she says she's down to get the um, hot fudge. She's going to try anything at this point. She wants to try it before buying it. No. Well, he shuts her down. He says, girl, you better stop playing. 
And so they start like looking around and we should take note that this is like a specialty kind of market. It's not like your big chain grocery store or anything like that. It's like a yeah. food shop more than a grocery store. Yeah. Um, I mean, so they have food. lots of unique different things. What'd you say? I said you're the expert on groceries. That's right. I am the expert on groceries. <laughs> you're lucky I didn't Google what this grocery store was. I thought about it. And I was like, ooh, episode. duck bacon. That sounds interesting. I would like that. I love duck. <laughs> um, so yeah, at this point, they're, that's what they're doing. They're looking at um, the different meat options. So like you said, there's a duck bacon. There's like frog raw and livers and stock bones Man. and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they come across some lamb. And Katina's like, ooh, she seems really interested in it. And Olajuwon is not sure that Katina has the skills to cook lamb. But she tells him that she can handle it. She knows what she's doing. And he says, yeah, well, you've said that before about some other stuff. (laughs) And she's like, you're going to stop dogging my cooking. Because, hello, that's the first way to get me to stop doing something. Complain. Mm -hmm. Guess what? I won't do no more. Goddamn thing. (laughs) (laughs) You will never have them burn ass eggs ever again. (laughs) Those eggs were bad, though. But I mean, I see why he's like, lamb, can't even handle scrambled (laughs) eggs. Children can do that. Uh, Anyway, he says in an ITM that he's a hardworking guy who doesn't mind holding down the home. But as far as groceries go, this is an area where he's going to need to guide Katina because she's so stupid that she can't figure out how to do this (laughs) on her own. You know, they don't eat the same thing and she's just going to bring home a bunch of shit that he doesn't want. So... He really needs to make sure she's, you know, in here with blinders on, focused on what he wants to get. And they go back to them in the meat section and he picks up like a slab of ribs and asks her if he knows if she knows how to make that. And she's like, yeah, I know how to make a rib. <laughs> and she's like, all you got to do is like season it up and like put some barbecue sauce on it. Elajuan, again, does not seem convinced. He mm-hmm. says, you keep saying season it. What does that mean? <laughs> what seasoning are you putting on this? What has she been feeding this guy besides the the burnt eggs where he's just like 100% not trustful? And again, if if you have this much doubt, you do it your own damn self. Come on now. He's just saying like, she just keeps saying salt and pepper, but like, what else? (laughs) You don't got no Tony Saturies up in there. You don't got no Zatarans. You don't got no Larry's. No nature seasoning. You don't even have the like trader joe's 21 salute something <laughs> just salt and pepper okay she, are you using, using that adequately right <laughs> um she's like yeah i've seen salt bay <laughs> you know she has that's that's about the extent of her knowledge on seasoning i even have a perfect recipe for katina for ribs all you need is a slow cooker and a can of coke put that oh, shit, shit in there put it a can of coke set it and forget it for like however many like six hours then you take it out put the slab of ribs on a sheet tray put the barbecue Uh sauce broil it in the oven to like caramelize the sauce bam bomb ass fall off the bone ribs elajuan will never leave you alone ever again (laughs) maybe you should dm her that recipe i'm I'm gonna hook you up katina (laughs) i can show you how to fake cook (laughs) (laughs) but they're um continue 
uh, they continue walking through the store and Katina suggests that they need to have a cook off so that she can start talking some shit about his food. Um, but she, he says that she don't want the smoke because her feelings are really going to be hurt if he makes his fried chicken and she tastes it. <laughs> and then he starts talking about how seriously his family takes frying chicken. And I know on Twitter, I was saying, I wonder if Olajuwon's mom's fried chicken recipe is the same as Paula Patton's mom's fried chicken recipe. Are you aware of what this alludes to? Mm-mm. Do you know who Paula Patton is? Mm-mm. Do you know who Robin Thicke is? Yes. His ex-wife. Oh, okay. Now, she went viral <laughs> last week because nowadays TikTok makes everything come back to life. Okay. So there was a video that went viral on TikTok that got circulated everywhere else where someone was reacting to a video from, I don't know how long ago, of her frying some chicken where she takes these pieces of chicken, rinses them underwater, which you are not supposed to do because that spreads okay. bacteria, according to like Food and Drug Administration. But Already. a lot of people do it. A lot of people clean their chicken. Yeah. Yeah. But so she like swaps it under the water real fast, then puts white all-purpose flour into a Ziploc bag mm-hmm. and proceeds to put the unseasoned chicken into the unseasoned flour, mm-hmm. shake it up. Then she puts like an entire bottle of avocado oil in the pot to heat up to fry the chicken, takes the unseasoned chicken with the unseasoned coating of flour, puts it into said grease. Well, not even grease, avocado oil. Oil, yeah. (laughs) Not no Crisco, not no vegetable oil, not peanut, Mm -hmm. avocado. That's like $10 a bottle, but okay. Then, once the chicken is submerged in the oil, she seasons it. What? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So all it's doing is just burning all the seasoning. By the time she's done, the oil is like black. And she has to like get more (laughs) because all she's done is just burned all this Lowry's in it. Yeah. Then it wasn't even, you know, with fried chicken, you got to keep the temperature right because it takes longer to cook on the inside than it does on the outside. Right, right, right. So, no, this chicken was not cooked. She was going to feed it to children. Yeah, she was making it for her son's school. Oh, no. Also note that Paula Patton is a um, biracial person. So this is why I wonder if Olajuwon's mom and her mom have a similar recipe. If you know. I see. I see. (laughs) Yikes. Yeah, she was fucking up that chicken and not in a good way. (laughs) So yeah, it it went everywhere. I'm surprised you didn't see it, but no, I I'm didn't not. see it. I know. Yeah, it you was all me. over the place because people were like, "What the hell is this?" And <laughs> luckily, Paula's been a she's had another video come out where she responded, and she's been a good sport about it. So that's good. That's good. <laughs> but yeah, and she was just kept going on. This is my mom's famous recipe, and this is how my mom taught me how to do it. And my mom just makes the best. It's just like no girl, no. Just no. It's like, have you ever had fried chicken? <laughs> it was no Popeyes, like I tell you that. <laughs> but anyway, back to the show. Um, <laughs> that was a big tangent. <laughs> it was an important story that needed to be told. This is true. Now I know your reference from Twitter. 
the listeners, they'll get it. <laughs> they'll know. Uh, so next we see them before they go to meet with the experts. And we find out that Katina is going to meet with Pastor Cal and Olajuwon is going to be with Dr. Pepper. Uh, Katina says she's not really all the way on board with talking to the experts because it's a lot. In fact, it's too much. It's like, I'm not into this talking about my fee-fees. This is a lot for me, and I just am not looking forward to it. She's probably, even though it doesn't happen, she's probably scared that some truth will come up and slap her in the face. Yep. But it don't happen. So next we see her meeting uh, Pastor Cal in a park. Uh, looks like they're still socially distancing because they sit on like opposite ends of this long bench mm-hmm. and are like screaming at each other. He asks how they're doing and she says things are good. She feels like they're any normal couple. They have their little conflicts, but other than that, it's all right. Pastor Cal says that's normal because no one's perfect as long as they're having a dialogue together and it's not just one way and they're being respectful. If that's all happening, cool. Then... They go into the whole dating app situation. what's happening. (laughs) They go into the whole dating app situation and they show us a flashback. She explains that Olajuwon was upset about her even having the app on her phone, but she was upset at the way that he reacted to the whole situation. Pastor Cal says that, you know, he's aware of everything that's been going on. They do keep tabs on these couples. So he's seen some tape or something at this point. And Katina says that in their argument, Olajuwon got loud and that's triggering for her. Pastor Cal brings up how Olajuwon basically embarrassed her in front of everybody. And she says, yeah, that was definitely an issue. Like, I don't want our personal stuff to be brought up in front of other people. That needs to not ever happen again. Pastor Cal says that maybe it would be a good thing for her to bring up to him. The reason why people do things like this is so that, oh no, there's a reason why people do things like this. So they need to try to uncover what that reason is. Pastor Cal says she should ask him if there are any deeper or private things that he has about himself um, that have kind of formed him into the man that he is now. Uh, Because knowing this is going to help her understand why he acts the way that he does like a child. Um, (laughs) Then Pastor Cal asks about their intimacy He says he knows they haven't gone all the way yet, but, you know, what's going on? But he doesn't want any details, but, you know, what's cracking? And Katina says that they're definitely attracted to each other. And Pastor Cal asks how she knows. And then she jokes with him, like, you said you didn't want no details. (laughs) Um, But then she says, for example, that she could be getting ready in the bathroom and he'll come over. You know, we've seen it. He likes to give her a little smack on the ass every once in a while. He likes to give it a jiggle. He does. Um, (laughs) Or he'll start to like kiss on her neck or whatever. And she's like, you know, so tell me that's not attraction. And Pastor Cal's like, okay. And Katina says that all of that hasn't led to anything yet because there's a certain feeling that she wants to have first. And she needs to genuinely know that he has real valid feelings for her. She swallowed it. Well, there's that, and she also doesn't want to become dick dizzy. And I said, Katina, girl, (laughs) we got a new catchphrase. (laughs) Now, back in my day, which is now, we used to say (laughs) dickmatized. I never heard dick dizzy, but I like it. (laughs) Yes, yes. 
But I, I think she's completely full of shit. This is not her choice. This is all Allah Juwan's choice. I feel like if it came down to it and he was like, let's, you know, if she was ready to go, she would be, she'd be all over it. She wants to have sex. She's told her friend she wants to have sex before decision day. So for her to say that it's her choice, no, she's doing what Allah Juwan wants to do. I don't know. They get into it because Pastor Cal is like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you know what that means? And she's like, so she in an ITM is explaining, you know, <laughs> what happens when you get dickmatized or dick to bomb. Uh, when the sex is so good that it overshadows everything else and it makes you turn a blind eye to certain things. It makes you forget stuff that happened. It makes you just a whole nother person that so far that you could be when once you come out of it, you're like, I don't even like him. <laughs> been there <laughs> now here's what could happen the opposite effect can happen where it's just normal she's built it up in her head and now it's just normal or not great because it's one of their first times you know so well, that's he doesn't give me BDE at all. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, the opposite effect could happen where it's just trash or just normal and she's not into it. Mm. So she's building it up way too much. Well, Pastor Cal says that in a marriage, lust is a good thing. She should want to be dizzy. In a marriage, you're committed to each other so you can fall all the way in. Like, go for it. it. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in dating... You have to be hesitant because you're not sure whether or not it's going to last or if it's going to work out in the long run. He asked her if she has doubts, and she says yes. She says that she always has in the back of her mind that something could happen because she's so used to dead-end relationships. In her head, nothing lasts forever. She says that she's guarding her heart like somebody would if they were getting married to a stranger. Pastor Cal tells her that if in your mind you see that there's an out somewhere in the future and that there's that possibility that it won't work, you're thinking with a single mindset, not with a married mindset. Pastor Cal thinks that she has doubt and that's why she's not in neck deep, as he says. And that's where it ends with them. Then we see Olajuwon with Dr. Pepper. She asks him how it's going, and he says it's going great. Him and Katina have so much in common. There's never a dull moment, and even when there is, they find the humor in it, and they're just so comfortable with each other, and he cares about her, and he knows that she cares about him too. So Dr. Pepper asks what improvements he would like to see in his marriage. He says he wants Katina to keep being who she is, keep expressing herself, keep being vulnerable, Show him that he has a partner, not a shadow. He says that he feels sometimes that she gives him answers that he wants to hear, but he wants her to be confident enough in her own opinion to let him know how she feels no matter you know, what he's going to think. Dr. Pepper says that it wouldn't be a bad idea to reinforce that it's okay for her to have a differing opinion from him. Uh, he also brings up the dating app on her phone. He says that although Katina wasn't using it, it's still scary because that's something that should have been removed and gone before she you know, got a ring. Dr. Pepper 
says that she's heard about the incident and that there was something about it that really upset her. She talks about how Olajuwon was all lovey-dovey during dinner and then had that dramatic turn at the end where he like put her on front street. The way that he did that had everybody taken aback at the table. And this is when Dr. Pepper starts to ask him about the way he talks to Katina. She says that she gets the impression that he talks down to her. And Olajuwon goes on. He just loses it at this point. Like he's disconnected from the conversation. He no longer is aware of what's going on. He says, do I get upset? Absolutely. Do I get a little stern? Absolutely. I'll take full credit. Do I talk down to my wife? Absolutely not. Do I make my wife feel belittled? Absolutely not. Dr. Pepper asked, she's like taken aback too. Like, what the fuck? Why are you like, why are you coming at me? Yeah. So then Dr. Pepper asks him if he's apologized for embarrassing her in front of the whole table. And he says, of course, of course. They had, you know, real conversation about it. He tells her that he takes this process very seriously. And if he didn't, he wouldn't care. So Dr. Pepper wonders if he's examined his tone in terms of how he talks to Katina. He thinks it's all good, but it's not. You know, this is when Dr. Pepper says she's heard him say that Katina has no life skills, that she's behind him in terms of maturity. Like, isn't that rich? Um, That we just heard it at the grocery store. Yeah. You know, so. So, yeah, she's heard him say these things. So now she's trying to get his side of the story personally from the horse's mouth. Like, what do you have to say about this? And. Again, Olajuwon on the defensive says, if anybody has something to say about them, say about him, they can say it to his face because he doesn't play those games. Did you notice that he was looking outward? Yep. Like to the producers or mm-hmm. who, cameramen or whomever? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and we'll get into it later. But he doesn't think this is funny. And Dr. Pepper said, I didn't think it was funny either. No one's laughing. <laughs> yeah. Like, again, she was just trying to understand where he was coming from when he was saying those things about Katina. That's it. Mm-hmm. And now Olajuwon, again, gets on the defensive and saying she's trying to point things out to make him look like the bad guy or bad person. And he's mad about it. Like, he's pissed. Mm -hmm. If Katina feels like this, then she should say no on decision day. And he's just like beyond but her. Dr. Pepper is looking at him like this motherfucker's crazy. (laughs) And... (laughs) In a voiceover, Olajuwon says that he's not here for the he said, she said stuff. He's here for his marriage. And he doesn't think that, you know, they're being respectful, 100% disrespect. They show the it's a spit in my face clip Mm -hmm. that we know is from another day and another scene. But they try to fake us out in case you weren't paying attention close enough. Good job, editors. So then Dr. Pepper tries to wrangle him back in and rephrases her question as how he he would talk to her in a way, or how could he talk to Katina in a way that's not demeaning? He says, if he feels like she's lacking some skills, why doesn't he find a new way to talk about that with her? And the two of them kind of find a solution together. He says, okay, in the beginning, like week one, week two, he did feel like that, but he absolutely doesn't feel that way about his wife now. She's shown him that she can handle her own. He went into the experiment with the wrong strategy at the beginning. He thought that bringing things up that you don't like would help, AKA the opposite of what a normal person would do. Like nobody wants their flaws to be pointed out constantly. Like 
why would you think that would be helpful? Um, it took him a little while to catch on, but this strategy that he was using was making Katina, you know, go inward. Like, okay, if you're all you're gonna do is bitch at me, I'm not gonna tell you anything. <laughs> <laughs> and again, like we were saying before, that's what she does. Like, instead of saying anything, she just shrinks. Yep, just sits there mm-hmm. and takes it. He tells Dr. Pepper that his heart is so big for Katina and he feels like she's grown so much in the last few weeks. You know, there's been so much progression with his wife. Take a shot. (laughs) He just wants to stay on a high note and just continue to be consistent through this. Dr. Pepper asks if decision day was tomorrow, what would he say? He says that he doesn't want to give an answer because there's still a lot of time for him to decide. But he does say that he would be sad if Katina didn't want to be with him at the end of this. Okay. Tell us you want to be married without telling us. Mm-hmm. Because you love Katina even though you keep saying you don't. That's why you acting like this because your ass is got big old feelings. <laughs> so, from there, the four couples... Like the experts give like a little spiel about how they wanted to get everybody together to just do like a fun activity. And they wanted to see how they all interact together as a group. Okay, whatever. So they are going to AKA play. they just wanted to spy on them so that they can surprise them oh. for TV. Yeah. So they're going to play beach volleyball. And like you said, unbeknownst to the couple, Dr. Pepper and Pastor Cal are watching the whole thing on like monitors in another room in another part of like this indoor volleyball place and oh they say they're doing this in the hopes of seeing the couples interact with each other like we said before and if they are gonna offer each other course correction which no i hate this i hate that this show started letting these people meet each other i don't like it it ruins the whole thing (laughs) take it back to when the couples were not friends that's all i have to say about that (laughs) Well, I don't know any better. Yeah. So at times I feel like it is good because nobody else would understand the situation. So, you know, I liked the fact that Katina can go to Jasmina when their marriage was in crisis and vent and cry in front of her friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so we see them, you know, playing. It was... This is the worst game of volleyball I've ever seen. Mark and Lindsay and Steve are on a team. And then Katina, Olajuwon, Michael, and Jasmina are on the other team. What was the score? Like 21 to 6 at the end? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Of course, I mean, Steve's seven feet tall. So, of course, they have a huge advantage <laughs> with that. Playing against everybody on the other team is short. <laughs> the strategy just seemed to hit it to Katina. Who is just going to fall on her face. Yes. She spent more time on the ground than she did standing up. (laughs) She couldn't serve. It was all bad. I'm surprised they got six points. Yeah. All of them clearly did not know how to play. No, like we saw uh, Jasmina on the... What's her her sister? I have no idea. She called somebody in the car and was asking for like volleyball tips (laughs) on the way to the gym. What did they say? Just hit it hard. Yeah. (laughs) But um, so they play the game and then they're all talking this is when we get they're all you know the general how's your marriage going oh it's going great we're doing this, mm-hmm. and this, and this. so like michael is talking about how 
him and Jasmina need to work on making a deeper connection, basically still trying to build that up because it's Mm -hmm. not going anywhere. Then Mark and Lindsay kind of go into how they've been struggling. The experts talk about how Lindsay uses um, like avoidance as a coping mechanism, kind of. Like mm-hmm. she's talking to the group about their problems and then randomly starts talking about a volleyball that's stuck in the roof out of nowhere yeah. and like goes on a tangent about that for a minute and then goes back to back to the uncomfortable conversation. And Dr. Pepper and Pastor Cal pick up on this, that this is something that she does on a regular basis. Then Lindsay ends up crying. You know, they talk about how the best intentions don't always have the best delivery. At this point, while she's kind of crying, she's trying to lean into Mark and he is just like closed. The body language is closed. He's as far away from her as he could possibly be in his seat. Mm -hmm. And the experts are, you know, definitely notice this and are disappointed that he's not pouring into her a little bit more or being there for her. Uh, Then we have Olajuwon. He is apologizing to the group for how he handled the fight with Katina. And then he starts complaining. (laughs) Um, He talks about how Dr. Pepper is accused him of belittling his wife and trying to make himself seem more superior. He says that Dr. Pepper has the wrong perception of their dynamic as a couple because he thinks Katina just laughed about the idea of her husband belittling her, but it really seems more like omission. She didn't mm-hmm. say no. She just sat there like she normally does. Doesn't say yep. there's no yes, no, no. There's no answer. She just sat there. We, But we know that Katina isn't going to speak up with him because it's going to be a fight. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't say anything she at already, all. Then. That's all, already her game plan. It's like he yep. starts getting loud. She's just going to be quiet. Super healthy. <laughs> yeah. Then Elajamon starts going in on Dr. Pepper He's talking about how she said, I heard this and I heard that. So he had to tell Dr. Pepper that that's cool. That's what you heard, but I'm a grown man and I don't do that. He said, she said, if you feel like you're an expert, you shouldn't listen to that period. You know, (laughs) Dr. Pepper didn't help me at all. It was 90% waste of time. He says that if he was being honest, he felt like it was a waste because he could have met with an expert and really talked about something that would help his marriage, but he didn't. It was more of him catching Dr. Pepper up on what was happening because they had no clue what was going on. And she made that clear with her comments. And, you know, this is when we see in the back, Dr. Pepper's like, okay, keep talking that shit. Keep talking that shit. (laughs) And he did. So then, like you were saying before, this is when Olajuwon is like speaking outwardly as if he's telling production that they're feeding the experts bad negative stuff. Mm-hmm. And that they should have been bringing the good things to their attention, not anything negative. And that's why Dr. Pepper wasted his time, basically. So this is when it's time for the big reveal. Dr. Pepper and Pastor Cal come out from behind, you know, the doors. And Jasmine is like, oh, my God. And they all turn around. <laughs> and Lashawn's like, fuck. <laughs> I know. His face is so Busted. funny. Shit. So then once they like sit down, uh, Dr. Pepper is explaining how she heard things from production about Olajuwon because they've been watching him every single day. So she wanted to give him an opportunity to set the record straight. Like she said, she just wanted to get his opinion, get his side Mm -hmm. of the story. And he just flipped. You know, Dr. Pepper says that she's glad to hear everything as well in, you know, his opinion. But again, she was just going off what production says in an ITM. 
Olajuwon says that he's happy that Dr. Pepper cleared the air and added how he and Katina are going to shape their relationship, aren't going to shape their relationship for the amusement of the experts or to please America or anybody else. They're going to shape it for them and for what they want. Katina looks like she could die in this moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She can't even bear to look at him. She's just like staring straight down the barrel of the camera. Yeah, she's she looks terrible. She looks absolutely terrible. And he's just chest out, all puffed up. So back inside, uh, Dr. Dr. Cal, Pastor Cal compliments Katina on always having resolution and having peace of mind. And this is when he tells Olajuwon, this is the woman that you need. Don't fuck it up. Are you listening? Don't fuck it up. This is the <laughs> woman that you need in your life. And that's when Olajuwon starts on his, I love my marriage, but I'm not in love bullshit. And her face again looks just crestfallen. And he's like, but you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm glad we were able to resolve things, blah, blah, blah. So this is when Pastor Cal goes on his spiel about love being a commitment that a person chooses. You know, you grow in love rather than fall in love. It's not a yes or no question. You gotta grow into it. Then it kind of moves on to Mark and Lindsay. They make fun of Mark's crazy eyes, saying that he always looks scared. (laughs) Uh, Dr. Pepper starts talking about how her and Lindsay discuss that Lindsay's anger comes from sadness. But Lindsay needs to recognize that that anger is what makes Mark shut down. She thinks that in the future, if Lindsay can figure out why she's hurt, that hopefully can keep her anger from escalating. Uh, The experts also ask that Mark, you know, be a little bit more, I guess, lovey with his wife, you know, to touch her, comfort her, support her during moments of vulnerability or weakness. But in the end, they told Lindsay that, you know, she's got a good guy and she just needs to be patient with him. And that even though he's driving her bananas, that's what happens in a marriage. Your spouse is supposed to drive you bananas because marriage is not for punks and she needs to one man up. Fuck out of here, Pastor Cal. (laughs) (laughs) Then the last tiny bit, they talked to Jasmine and Michael. They didn't really have a whole lot to say for them. because There's nothing much to say about them. Uh, They just talked about how they needed to continue to be vulnerable with each other. Hopefully that'll help them form a deeper connection so that they can get to a place where they have more intimacy and Jasmine can maybe start feeling something. Um, She does say that she doesn't, you know, give Mike the stiff arm or anything that when they're together you know, when they're hanging out and watching TV or whatever on the couch, they're close to each other. They're So she's comfortable because they ask her if, how comfortable she is with him initiating more or more often, I should say. And she says, yeah. fine. But she still, again, reiterates that she needs to get to know him more because she still doesn't really know him in order to form that deeper connection. Then they kind of wrap it up. They say that everyone's there because they really wanted to be married. They were not chosen for this experiment on accident. They were not matched by accident. That if they work, they all have the potential to go all the way and live happily ever after. And that's the episode. That's the show. That's the show. I cannot. Yeah. This was, yeah, it's kind of, like I said, it's messy, but kind of boring because it was just like a lot of talking, a lot of reiterating things we already know. Mm-hmm. But I am stoked for next episode. Yes. It's always good. Reunions Bring are... on the fight. Not Bring reunions, on the fight. What are they called? What is this? Couples retreat. Couples retreat is always good. And messy. And messy. 
How far is Vermont <laughs> from Boston? Boston. I was like, New. I don't know why I was thinking New Jersey. Because of Mark, for sure. He's got those Jersey Shore vibes. <laughs> for sure. I don't know. I'm sure when they show us next week, I'll be sure to Google where this place is and all that. You know, we love to be nosy about that stuff. Mm-hmm. I need the deets. Yeah, it looks good. But yeah, that's the show. Until next time. You can continue the conversation on social media. We are on Instagram at Cheese McQueen's Podcast and on Twitter at Cheese McQueen's. Catch Igby live tweeting on Wednesday. It's always a party. And if you have any Cheese Smith for us, feel free to DM us. Did I say that already? Mm, I'm not listening no. to you. Oh, <laughs> you're mean. Um, yeah, anyway, DM the Cheese We always are here for it. And remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share so other cheesemosas can find us. And that's it. Anything else, Igby? I got nothing. I'm done. I'm done. done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> All right, y'all. Bye. See ya.